Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Does God exist? Now, there's an age-old question. Humankind has been searching for God for as long as history has been written. Have they been successful? Let's just say that success is relative and can be very confusing. They found God all right, many, many, many of them. Dr. Jennings recently wrote a blog entitled, Why I Believe God Exists, and I thought we'd enjoy hearing about his journey of discovery on our program today. The good doctor joins us via Skype to share some insights he uncovered along the way. Dr. Jennings, why do you believe God exists? Well, the big answer is because it's the most rational, sensible, logical, evidence-based, scientific way to understand the world around us. And I will give you the reasons for that. Anybody who suggests that it's more logical, rational, scientific to believe that there is no God— has to deny all types of evidences around them in order for them to hold that view. Mm -hmm. The informed person who wants to assimilate all the evidences and all the threads of evidences, there is only one rational conclusion, and that is the conclusion that a loving creator God exists in the created life. But let's go through some of the evidence. So I break it down into three threads of evidence. The first is science itself, non-living matter, non-living matter, like rocks, Mm -hmm. the moon, the sun, okay? Non-living matter exists on physical laws, such as the laws of physics and gravity and so forth, nuclear laws and so forth. Non-living matter and the physical laws provide the building blocks for living organisms. If, If we don't have the physical matter and those laws of physics and so forth, we won't have any living organisms. Right. But life itself is built upon the law of love. Love is the principle of giving, of outward movement. All living organisms operate upon it. Every breath we take, we give away carbon dioxide to the plants, and the plants give oxygen back to us, a never-ending circle upon which life is built to operate. If you separate from that circle, tie a plastic bag over your head, hoard your carbon dioxide to yourself, you cut yourself off from the source of life and you will die. That's just one example of the circle of giving. Same thing with the food. When you eat food from a plant, it goes into your body, you take nutrients from it, it's returned to the soil, it becomes fertilizer for the plants and it and nitrogens that are taken by the plants and restored back into food for you. If you decide to break that circle and stop eating, Same thing will happen, or stop returning the fertilizer to the earth. You will also die. That's true. Okay? And so this is a law of love, and this is what what the Bible teaches. Any living system, understanding this then, life requires, requires simultaneous existence of diverse forms of interdependent organisms that live only by supporting each other. Only our God of love could have spoken these complex, mutually sustaining, symbiotic forms of life into existence at the same time. The evolutionary theory of millions of years of slow adaptation from one organism to the next to the next is actually contradictory to how all life as we understand it 
operates. It could not have happened that way. Further, in order to have living organisms as we understand life, you can fantasize about something else, but not as you can objectively measure and see. Mm -hmm. There are three elements, the physical matter, the life energy, and you have to have coded information which is contained in the DNA. Now, while the evolutionary theory postulates how the physical matter just burst into existence and how eventually with enough primordial soup and little sparks of energy, it kind of formed the, the uh, building blocks of the DNA over billions of years. Even if you give them the building blocks of the DNA, which would be like letters in an alphabet, mm -hmm. letters in an alphabet are not the same thing as having an encyclopedia with actionable information. So our DNA is not simply molecules. They're organized to code information. And nowhere does information ever code itself randomly. It requires an intelligence. And any thinking scientist recognizes it and understands that the coded information in all living organisms did not come without an intelligence. They just don't want to admit it because it removes their power and their little fiefdoms that they have carved out in the scientific and academic worlds and overthrows their false theories and hurts their little egos. And this is why they don't do it. Okay. But the science is very clear. Yeah. Uh, the next reason I believe in God is scripture. The scripture describes a creator God of love who did not dominate, abuse, hold power over, lord over, exploit, make everyone be serfs to serve him, but instead surrendered power all the way to the cross and gave his life for the uplifting and, and salvation of, of those who have turned against him. He has earned my trust by, despite humanity's rebellion, sacrificing himself for humanity. Further, the Bible teaches that God is love, and love only exists in an atmosphere of freedom. And at the cross, God in human flesh revealed that we have real freedom. Rather than using power, even to stop his creatures from killing him, yes. he respects our freedom so much that he left us free to take his life. Wow. Maybe you've heard the old saying, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Yeah. Jesus proved at the cross that with the creator God of the Bible, that's absolutely false. He will not use power to force us to do it his way. Mm. Further, the Bible provides us meaning. We were created in the image of God with abilities like God. We have ability to create to think. We have individualities, the, uh, the ability to act and to make choices, to build, to procreate. In our understanding of God's creation for us, we have a purpose, we have a future. Our current existence with the struggles of this world is not the sum total of our existence. In Christ, we have a better life, a future immortal life, a world without pain and suffering and disease and death, where there's no fear and there's no selfishness, no exploitation and no abuse. So the Bible gives us meaning, gives us identity, gives us ability, gives us purpose, gives us hope, gives us a future. Mm. First thread, science. Second thread, scripture. Mm. And the third thread is my personal journey and experiences in life. None of us can go through this world without experiencing the pain that this sinful world brings. Pain of loss, pain of broken relationships, sickness, injury. And I have suffered from pain from external sources and I've suffered from the pain of my own poor choices mm -hmm. and the guilt and the shame that those poor choices can bring. 
I felt the cruelty of other people, the exploitation, the cheating, the unkindness, the mocking. I've experienced these things, and I have found that God's principles heal, that I have experienced the comfort, the healing, the restoration, and the peace that comes from knowing Jesus and trusting him, embracing and applying his truths to my life and practicing his methods, and trusting him with my future, the stressors and the worries fall off my shoulder, and I have a new heart and a right spirit in a relationship with my creator, God, who wants to restore me back to his perfection. You brought up an interesting point here, Dr. Jennings. You did not say that God kept bad things from happening to you. That's not why you love God. That's not why you believe he exists. You believe he exists because God healed your pain. God healed your anguish and your sorrow and your guilt. Am I on the right track saying that? Well, you are. See, there's a truth here. Once there is brokenness of any kind, there are no pain-free options Yeah, right. in this world of sin. Because of what Adam did, the whole human race is broken. Yes. We have an injury that we're born with, a condition we did not choose. David in Psalms 51 says, we're born in sin, conceived in iniquity. We're born fearful and self-centered. And that condition causes suffering. And once there's brokenness, the healing, you have a broken leg, you don't let anybody touch it ever again. You remain broken and in pain and crippled. Mm. If you go to the orthopedic surgeon and he, and he puts a pin in it, you go to physical therapy, one day you're walking free of pain, but that process is painful. Yes. And so the Bible says that we rejoice in our trials, in our struggles, in our suffering, because those who have suffered as Christ has done, it is the process of confronting these weaknesses in ourselves and in a trust relationship with God and being empowered by him, choosing to align with the healthy, that we are freed from the unhealthy in our lives. So God doesn't protect us from the pain, but he delivers us from it. That doesn't mean he doesn't protect us from all painful things. There are many places where God does intervene to protect. Right. So he sends his protecting angels, heads of protection, doesn't let a temptation take you, which is beyond your ability to resist and so forth. So there are protections he puts in place, but not insulation from every struggle because it's through the struggles in our faith relation with God that our faith grows and we master ourselves and gain the victories. In these three things, science, scripture, and life experiences, which do you recommend that a person start with? A person that says, is God out there? Is God listening to me? What's the first step? Which one of these should they start with? I value either scripture or science as a starting place mm. first to just provide enough evidence to suggest, yes, there's something more than me. Mm. Life experiences alone can become very confusing and uh, we can experience all kinds of things. And so without first having some anchor, then the life experiences can lead to mystical things or nihilism and discouragement. So I wouldn't start with just your experiences first to identify God. You need some basis and confidence that God exists and then you can understand and see his hand working in your life. And so there are objective truths, and the Bible says in Romans 1.20 that God's eternal power and divine nature is seen in what he has made so that men are without excuse. He has put evidences, and I gave some in our program already today, in the world around us that speak with absolute authority of an intelligence beyond human intelligence and a divine creator. And anybody who really wants to pursue truth can say there's enough evidence there for me to believe that something beyond just human beings is, is out there. Now I'd like to find what that is. 
is. And then scripture would be a great place to go to discover the truth about God and harmonize scripture with science and experience. We've got 90 seconds left here. I want to get this question in really quick. Dr. Jennings, what if a person says, hey, I'm not religious. I, I don't belong to a church. Can that person still find God? Well, that's what Paul says in Romans 1.20, that God's divine nature has been revealed and what he has made so that men are without excuse. He doesn't say the church has been established and has a creed so that men are without excuse. Mm-hmm. He says we don't have an excuse because there's enough truth in nature. And then he goes on to say in Romans chapter 2, and, and understand the chapter and verse divisions in the Bible are added later. Paul did not write with chapter and verse divisions. So he is continuing on with his same train of thought. Mm-hmm. After he establishes God reveals himself in nature, he goes on to say in Romans 2, starting verse 12, those who have not heard the scriptures— the law, the Torah, uh, but do by nature the things contained in the law, the Torah, are a law unto themselves, showing the law has been written upon their hearts and minds. Mm. The new covenant is God writes his law upon our hearts and minds. And so those who have maybe never had the opportunity, because they, they grew up at a time and a place where there were no scriptures, or right. no missionaries who brought them the scriptures, right. but they still see in nature the principles of truth, love, other-centeredness that I described, and they value those principles, and they identify with them. The Holy Spirit enlightens them to those, and they apply them to their lives, then they are having the principles of God reproduced in them, even though they haven't yet come to the cognitive understanding of the whole plan of salvation is worked out by Christ on our behalf. Oh my, why I believe God exists, Dr. Jennings has given us a roadmap for us to believe, no matter what station we happen to be in life, no matter what our, our situation is, we can go searching for God and God is searching for us and we're going to find each other someplace out there in the wild. Wow, Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. So many words of wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. And comeandreason.com is the website. A lot of materials there to help you on your journey. Comeandreason.com. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>